when I saw I got the Raiders, I was like, yes, let's go, man. Let's go. Like, I was, I was so happy about that. I told him, like, you need me to play right tackle, right guard, left, left guard, left tackle. I'll, I'll play those positions. I want to win. I want to help this team win. The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. The Ohio State Slayer Mumford, seventh round pick, one of two seventh round picks for the uh, Raiders in the draft on Saturday. Again, Buckeye lineman, some versatility. We'll see if he's good enough to get into the mix and and make the team. And, you know, because last year, right, Adam? Uh, everyone drafted is not guaranteed to make the team. No. If I'm correct, did Jimmy Morrissey make it to the press or never did, and then he got picked up, right? Did he, he get was, picked up by the Steelers? He was signed uh, Texans. Texans, okay. He was signed off the practice squad from the Texans. Okay, by the Texans. Yeah. Okay. And he was a seventh-round pick last year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which is, hey, in the end, that's a good thing. He made he made the league at least for the time, you know, for the time. Well, at, at some point, you don't really necessarily want your draft picks making the team. Your so, team is so good that guys can't come in. But, right. um, yeah, for the most part, you got guys. And, uh, listen, the Chiefs had – a ton of picks. They didn't have that many roster spots. They're not going to have. They're going to have guys that don't make the team for sure. Uh, so there's different spots now. Obviously, you really want to have a bunch of guys that you drafted and developed and have been in your system, and that's how you want to build your team. But once you're there, uh, it becomes a different story. So along with all the big stars of the NFL draft, we were following along with some of the prospects from Vegas, right? See if they uh, if they got drafted, UDFA. Daniel Bellinger, who is a really interesting case. First of all, he's a monster at tight end and a really good athlete. But I'm sure he enjoyed his experience at San Diego State, but they did him no favors there. No. They don't throw the ball. They can't throw the ball. No. So maybe they can this year. They've got another transfer in. But uh, he was not used the way he should have been in terms of volume. But he tested off the charts. And he wound up going to the Giants in the fourth round. So it's a good spot. Teams know. Like, like they don't just look at stats and say, "Well, he didn't catch many passes." Like they look and say, "Oh, but he was open and he was running good routes when they they did ask him to, and uh, also blocked uh, when they needed him to." So uh, they understand. And then, as you said, tested very, very well. Uh, so it's not always about the stats that you put up in college. I think you know a lot of times kids get kind of frustrated and say, "You know, they're not using me right." Well, they don't have look at number one pick overall, Trayvon Walker, played out of position, didn't put up any stats, still got the number one pick, Speedy Naylor. Out of Michigan State and Bishop Gorman. Sixth-round pick of the Vikings. Another guy, he actually didn't play a whole lot. When he did, he was productive, but he was yeah. could not stay healthy. Um, and you know the funny thing is, even with the moniker Speedy, he didn't test that well. No. I think he ran like a, somewhere on the four fives. Which, Spe- speedy was sarcastic? Um, well, you know what? On the field, he was Speedy. Uh, he was. Trust me. I know. What does that mean? Oh, against Michigan? Yeah. Yeah. But believe me, he got he got my Rutgers squad as well. There were a lot of, <laughs> lot of between Kenneth Walker and Speedy Naylor. I had to watch a lot of uh, Rutgers defense highlights. Yeah. It, was, it was ugliness, not um, fun. But good for him. So he's drafted by Minnesota. Um, undrafted players, but signed include Haskell Garrett, longtime Ohio State lineman, lands with the Titans. Bubba Bolden was hoping to go, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth round. Was not drafted. Goes to the Seahawks. So body type wise, I mean, he's kind of in that in the, the mold of some of the guys they've had there. Makes sense. Right? I think it's a good fit. Savon Scarver, return ace. Bears. Yeah. Uh, again, a lot of it's it's very cool to see just guys. Even if the like, no matter what the opportunity they get, how much chance they get actually to play at the next level. Like we see guys every year now 
that are making, you know, at least getting contracts or getting drafted or being a part of organizations. And uh, more and more of that is happening, which will lead to more and more football being played and better players being developed and guys that you can look up to and, and all those sorts of things. It's happening every year, which I think is really good for local players. I didn't look at the uh, UDFA list for the Lions. I got to look at that because those are the characters on Hard Knocks. Oh, that's right. I'm surprised you didn't oh, be good. drill it into your, your I dome. I only care about one person on that show, uh, which will be, you know, obviously Jared Goff's girlfriend will be the star oh, of the I show. Thought it was, first, I was like, oh, Dan Campbell and his, like, no. uh, supercharged lattes. Will it be no. Jared Goff not understanding where the sun no. this is his girlfriend. <laughs> rises and sets? Is, it, wait, is this Jared Goff's third hard knocks? Why would it be his third? Did was they do a, a single Rams and then a Rams Chargers combined? I, I think they did. I feel like the Rams Chargers combined, they never they never really went to him because they got No, they did. That's when him and Kristen were playing golf from his from his patio. Oh, that's right. He was chipping yeah. in his backyard. Yeah. I think he's I think it's his third hard knocks. He might be the hard knocks record holder. We need more of his lady, not him, right? <laughs> yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. She went on a hike this weekend. Very, very nice. Uh, UNLV's Charles Williams. Well, you really follow her. Uh, UNLV's Charles Williams lands with the Steelers. I mean, they need offensive weapons. I, I think they'll be able to use him. I, I think he's a player that once he gets to, he's a guy that you might not look at, you know, testing wise or whatever, and you might not fall in love with him. And again, running backs, we know the value isn't really there, but he's going to get on your roster and be like, yeah, I like that guy. That guy can play. And he'll do whatever it takes to play. I, I like that uh, that fit. Biggest free fall of the draft. Although, if you listen to us on Tuesday and Wednesday when we were tracking the betting markets, doesn't mean the betting markets were all correct, but they were mostly correct with certain guys. Was, wasn't in my first round. N'Kobe Dean, we talked about it last week. With uh, Sammy P, we'll get the update tomorrow from him and see how he did. But he said the number kept going up and up and up on the over-under. And I think, you know, beginning of last week, it was like 32nd and a half pick. And he just kept slipping. So he wound up going, he's a linebacker from Georgia. He wound up going 83 to the Eagles with a bunch of stuff swirling around him that he needs shoulder surgery. Yeah, it's like, it's it's core, too. It, like he, Maybe it's, it's core. Did I get it wrong? Yeah, on the shoulder? It, there's a lot. And he's had an injury history. And part of what... It sounds like happened here, and I know there's one of the things that people get frustrated. I heard some more people today talking about it of how come, like, as soon as a guy gets picked on the draft, they break in and they're like, well, here's why he slipped. He had this injury concern. Well, And people are like, why don't they report that before? Well, it's competitive advantage for one thing. Like, they don't want to – it's not fair to put it out there if other teams haven't done their homework and don't know. Right. Um, there, there are reasons that these things are not reported and maybe are known or not reported. Uh, in his case, he had an injury that he probably needed to get surgery on, but he didn't because he didn't want to have surgery going into the draft and look worse. <laughs> and teams were like, yeah, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how it's going to play out, not getting the surgery and trying to rehab from it. Yep. And teams were hesitant to take him. And he also, it, it, sometimes, you know, like in the case of David Ojabo, okay, Torres Achilles, not going to be available for the first year. He'll be available eventually. Tell the people about Ajabo because he, he tore the Achilles when? At his pro day. The at last his freaking snap, pro day. The last snap of his pro day. What a nightmare. One of the saddest things ever. And he, he would have been a guaranteed first-round pick. Instead, he got drafted in the second round, which is still pretty amazing to have a guy drafted in the second round that has a torn Achilles. But he, when he comes back, if he's healthy, will be like a second first-round pick, which is why he got taken. 
Nicobe Dean, in addition to the injury, like I think the guy's great, but he's undersized severely for a middle linebacker. He's gonna have to put on some weight if he wants to play at the next level. So it's not just injury questions, it's injury questions on top of the other questions. By the way, isn't there something to this will sound ridiculous, but I think it's probably factored in when you have that defense and that many guys drafted and it's a linebacker. Couldn't a lot of teams scout it and go, man, he was free a lot. Boy, that defensive line really kept defenders off into Kobe Dean so he could be all over the field to make tackles. Sure. But I mean, you can really say that about any position on the, on the team and everybody's getting drafted. Like you could say, well, that defensive end, he really, he really got a lot of sex. Yeah, because the other defensive ends were getting double teamed every yeah. play. Well, that's why I'm free. saying, yeah, like, you, I wonder if that that goes into evaluation. Like, look who they played across from, or with, or who was in front of them. It should or in back of them. It should, but it doesn't really seem to matter with other players. It only matters when guys fall, right? Like, it's a weird dynamic of this. But yes, it should be. It should be a consideration. Um, and listen, Jordan Davis. Didn't mean to throw shade. He may have accidentally, uh, because he, you know, during the pre-draft process, he was doing an interview, and one of the things that he said, he he was like, he was like, our defense was so good. He's like, Nakobe is awesome. He made every single play, uh-huh. yeah. and he's like, and we were able to take on all those blockers, so he could make all those right. plays. And he's like, but he did it, and people are like, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, what's he saying there? Well, he wasn't really trying to throw him under the bus, right? But that is but part reality. Of it. Sure. Okay. Do we do we not have a recent example? Do we not have a recent example here in Vegas? What happened to linebacker with their big signing from a couple of years ago? What, Kwiatkowski? Littleton. Oh, sure, yeah. Played well, with Aaron but, Donald. But, but that was also injury. Like, Littleton came here hurt. Okay. And they undervalued uh, how, mad, how much of he was injured. And he came in, and he couldn't. So the first year Littleton was here, he didn't lift because his shoulder was so bad that he couldn't lift. And then he got worn down from the fact that he wasn't able to lift. Like, that was a factor of it, too. But you're absolutely right. You're playing behind Aaron Donald. You look like a different player than when you're not playing behind Aaron Donald. Uh, MLB news dump on Friday. Trevor Bauer, pitcher for the Dodgers. Two-year suspension. I mean, this makes it easy for the NFL now, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't think so. Deshaun Watson, two years. Well, he's already had a year. Bauer had 99 games. They didn't even include that. Yeah. Barrett already sat out 99 games or like two more years beyond that. I mean, could the NFL smash Deshaun Watson to the tune of two years? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of discussion about the Bauer penalty. Part of it is expecting a fight, expecting an appeal right. so that you start high and then it's like, okay, we'll knock it down to a year. Which, if I were Bauer, I'd be like, no! <laughs> fighting that! Do you think the NFL could come down and the whole year, a one whole year, one whole season coming up. Deshaun Watson's out. Using Bauer as the example. It's possible. Bauer, one woman, serious, serious crimes, serious allegations, serious, serious allegations with Deshaun Watson with 20-plus women. Two years. It's possible. But I, I also f- I feel like there's a lot more of all stories that we don't know. But I feel like there is a ton of about the Bauer story that I've heard about that it's like one of those things like, ah, I don't know what the details are here. I think MLB has probably kind of heard some of the same things and they're I don't know if it's fair to take it out on him, but it seems like they're taking out a lot of peripheral things about this case and just saying like, you're guilty of this, uh, which is I think different than 
the Deshaun Watson case, which a lot there's some similarities. We don't know everything about it. We don't know everything that went into it. Um, it's a different case, certainly. It's a lot more women that are accusing him than accused Bauer. Uh, but there, there's there's differences to every case. And so I don't think we can hold one. And there's differences in leagues, right? Um, Trevor Bauer could probably pitch till he's 40. Deshaun Watson theoretically could play for a long time, but you're taking out a, a much larger part of his career. So if you want to take that into consideration, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. This is what we said when they first said there's there's guaranteed it's always six games. Always we, six we go games. back to this all the time. Yeah. Why? <laughs> there's like Can't it's be. impossible. And I still don't think league should be the ones that are that are arbitrating this, but the situation we're in. So many professional sports in Las Vegas. Uh, hell, over the weekend we were uh, Lotus broadcasting and a, a nice get together at the Aviators game. That was a good time. We got Las Vegas Aces media day going on right now. If you want, flip over to Raider Nation Radio nine twenty a.m. Uh, this second, well, no, it just ended. Damn it! Uh, listen to the archives of it. Q was out there for Media Day. You know we have lacrosse coming here. We have indoor lacrosse coming. Nine home games. It's going to start up in the fall. The games will be at Mick Ultra Arena at Mandalay Bay. Nine home games. You can get tickets now. They're the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. I like the name. I like the logo. LasVegasDesertDogs.com is where you can get tickets. Caller 7 right now, though, 364-1100, 364-1100. We've got a uh, fan pack of a bunch of Las Vegas uh, Desert Dogs merchandise. You call in right now. You can get your uh, first crack at this new gear, 364-1100, 364-1100. Caller number 7, you get the uh, first chance to grab some Desert Dogs merchandise. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. <laughs> I looked down at my phone and I didn't recognize that specific number, but thankfully it just shows Las Vegas, Nevada. So my heart stopped a little bit. I was thankful before I even took the call. They just let me know that they had admired my play, how I carried myself, my leadership, and what I had brought to Tennessee, both on and off the field. And they hope and expect that I bring that same thing to Las Vegas. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. So what do you think of that, dude? Another one of the Raiders players they drafted, uh, Butler, out of Tennessee. Poly Sci Major? Yeah, interesting guy. Apparently sure. the, uh, the vast sound crew here is uh, jealous of anyone who has an education. Sounds too intelligent, too long-winded, so they didn't include that part. <laughs> For sure. Um, I mean, I would hope from now on political science classes start teaching Nevada, not Nevada. I mean, you know, you tried. You tried, right? Didn't Was it Ziegler you pulled aside? Ziegler. Or McDaniels? Ziegler. They were just having friendly conversations with you. Like, hey, got any advice? Like, just please. Yeah. Nevada. It's Nevada, not Nevada. Which is, that's helpful. There are people that get mad. I mean, I I get joking mad. There are people that get mad. Like, hey, if you Um, live here. Yeah, I mean, I will say, uh, I think where people especially notice it is when you have advertisers, you know, they're like, we're all about Las Vegas. Local, local, local. Nevada. What? Get it right. I mean. Please. It, it sounds kind of funny, but it's true. Like, you can tell somebody's not local when they do that. And, and the guy that has, he's now coming here. By the way, if nobody tells you. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. And so it, it's helpful to tell them, but get, get that part. And, and I think the rate, I'm going to propose to the Raiders next year that when they make the draft call to a guy. Like, hey, we're, we're picking you in the next round. By the way, it's Nevada, not Nevada. 
just when you start doing your interviews. That's on the call. They should do that. Although uh, every time we asked a player this year what the draft call was like, their answer was always like, I was so emotional. I don't even remember. It was two minutes ago. What are you talking about? But it is kind of a emotional moment. So I don't know if you would remember that they tell you to say Nevada, not Nevada. It is an emotional moment. It is. Do you um are you so dead inside? Yes. That you can't enjoy some of those videos when the kids get the call? Or when they find out they've been selected. Nah, I, I usually cry. Okay, there were some good ones. I usually cry. There were some good ones. They get me. You know, Especially you, some of the you get some of the big fellows. You get a guy who's six five, three forty, and he's got like, you know, twenty five people around him. It was just bawling. Couldn't stop. It's, it was it's, like trying to hide, and everyone's jumping on him. And then he he picks his head up, and he's just like tears streaming down his face. Well, to me, it's it's the it's kind of the counter to the hard knocks cut day. That gets me every time. The draft picks they, they get me. I mean, I pretend like they don't. They do. It's rough. But when man, when Malik Willis finally got drafted, and he was over at Brooklyn Bowl, and he was he was trying to smile through it because his reputation is he smiles through everything, and he's like he's crying, but he's also smiling. That's rough. You guys did not do grades. No. You're not anti-grade, are you? A little bit. Why? It's what the people want. By the I way, know. I heard I, I hear more and more people are like, oh, it's stupid. Stupid to grade. Why? Why? What is it? What does it matter if that's what that's people true. want? That's true. Because because what more often than not. The people reacting to grades are people who are not willing to do the work and didn't look into the NFL draft at all. You can have grades if you actually did some research. Now, generally, you're going to grade the teams better because they drafted guys you like. Right. So there's, you know, there's, it, they're grades. Well, I so did, there's going to be some subjectivity to it. So I did, I did winners and losers this year and instead of losers. grades. Losers. I know. That's like a D or an F grade. It is. Okay. Uh, Please but, don't do it. But I also you're usually. Gonna make, you're going to make fans so mad. Usually I write. Yeah. Like, it, it, almost every time, like in the second or third paragraph, I'll say, you don't know the grades for four years. Right. Sometimes even five or six years. You don't know. I, I left that out because that just should be assumed at this point. That's obvious. Right. Uh, but to your point, everybody's doing 2023 mock drafts now. Love it. And people are like, you got it wrong last year. How? <laughs> okay, settle down. Right. It's because and, people want to see it. They want to read it. And by the way, somebody. And, and, and you should just answer, you responded. Right. Bing. You read it. That's what that's what bosses want. But so you're reacting to it. I did my job. I also saw somebody like they really cru- they were crushing PFF for putting out their 2023 2023 first round mock, not even first round, top 10 mock draft. And they said this you like th- they put their last year's draft up there right. a year out. Right. And they got 4 to 10 of the first 10 picks. I was like that's pretty good. Yeah. What do you mean? You're you're using that to criticize somebody? A year out, they got four out of ten of the top ten. Yeah. And you're criticizing them? That's I would good. Trust, I would trust PFF with a look-ahead top ten more than just about anyone. They rank and analyze every college player the entire season. So sure. whoever's left after this draft class, whoever's remaining in college football, you can look at how they did this last year and project. Yeah. And then some of it's you know need-based because obviously quarterbacks are going to you know get a little more little more juice going into next year's draft. All right, losers. Give me the losers. Well. Loser of this NFL draft. It's the Patriots. Boy. Our buddy Bruce Envy, who's now Bruce TX, T.O. Bruce, he was lighting people up about folks shredding Belichick for taking a third-round grade dude in the first round. Are you one of these idiots who's doing that? Who's lighting up Sean McVay? 
Sean McVay did laugh, <laughs> saying he thought that guy would be available at 104. He, and, and again, it was somewhat out of context. What McVay was saying is, we spent hours watching right. film of this dude. That's not the way it came off. Because we pick at 104, we spent hours looking at this guy, That's hoping we could get him. That's not the way it came off. We don't get him. It came off as McVay, a loser in a Super Bowl against Belichick, laughing at the grandmaster of NFL titles. Who? I'll be careful what I say here. I don't want to. I don't want to slander him necessarily. They were in that draft house. Yes. Like that party house. For Who the was draft. the tequila sponsor? Can we look that up? <laughs> it was in a. Was it Casamigos? I don't know. I don't know. He didn't need to mention it, but I assumed he was. He did some shots because he was happy. Him and Sneed. They were both so happy. Both were so and happy. The, the, the hearty laughter was awesome. <laughs> it was great. So I thought the Patriots. And and by the way, Tyquan Thornton was also like a third or fourth round projection. They, that was their second round pick. And Thornton is a one characteristic guy. He is a speed receiver guy. <laughs> and so maybe the Patriots are like. You know, we've given up trying to find the good receiver. Let's just find a fast one. Uh, that was possible what they did. But I thought their draft was kind of silly. Um, the Chicago Bears, I don't know if people were paying attention to what they were doing. Um, I heard some theories on what they were doing. And if it's if the theories are true, it's even worse than I thought. They just kept trading down. And I actually like trading down for the most part. But then they would trade down again. And then it would get to them and they would trade down again. Like they just kept trading down. And the theories that I heard were that the the Bears just said, you know what? If you make all your picks in the sixth round and you hit on two or three of them, people are going to think you're a genius. Now, if that's really what they were doing. Made what? <laughs> that's insane. Like, there's no pressure on the sixth round pick because, if, you know, nobody's going to get it right. But if you do get it right, great job. And they just kept picking. Uh, I mean, I thought Kyler Gordon was a good pick. Um, but man, they just picked everybody in late in the late in this draft. Um, Cardinals have a lo- as a loser, as we said earlier. I thought it was a desperation move to trade a first round pick yep. for Hollywood Brown. I, I don't I don't know. But what that's as about. we mentioned earlier, now we had breaking news today that DeAndre Hopkins is out for six games to start the season, NFL suspension. That said, I don't think you trade a first round pick for. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say easily. He he covers the six games. You know, for a quick no. fix. No, Hollywood Brown obviously is going to be signed to a long-term deal. I also I wonder what what's the deal on Hopkins in terms of guaranteed money. So are no. they are we talking Hollywood Brown now is going to get like what Christian Kirk might have gotten? So is Hollywood Brown getting like seventeen mil? Also, They're going to have both D Hop and Hollywood Brown making like forty mil combined. Also, I mean, it also almost makes it worse that you traded a first-round pick for Hollywood Brown, who now has to be your number one, and he's not really a number one right now. That that makes it almost more silly. Um, at what point do we? Start to point out that D Hop was saying, I can't believe you're going to make me miss games for my team because I refuse to put something in my body about the vaccine. That's kind of funny. And yet he's and he, putting he, beaver tranquilizer in his body. Wait, is that is that the news out? Yeah. What? Yeah. One of the four substances was a beaver tranquilizer. Wait, what animal was... Ray Lewis was tied to, was that like deer antler? Deer, deer, yeah, deer antler. So now we've got beaver tranquilizer <laughs> and deer antler. I mean, if, if anyone out there doesn't believe that the drug cheats are just a little bit ahead of the testers, what <laughs> right. beaver tranquilizer? I don't know what's going what? on. What? It's crazy. Did you make that up? No. That's a PED? Apparently. Well, hold on. 
There was also three anabolic steroids. Okay. <laughs> let's just let's be clear. I think the the beaver tranquilizer maybe is a masking agent of some sort, or I don't know. I don't know what Notice, what it is. Because I was just thinking, like, well, I mean, he, that would be an easy excuse for the De- De- DeAndre Hopkins to be like, "Come on, man, someone gave me something. <laughs> I got some concoction, you know, some witch's brew, and I drank it. I didn't know it was in it. He was appealing, I guess, and now he's already withdrawn the appeal." Yeah, Beaver but, uh, tranquilizer. Never mind. I'm going to go ahead and take this suspension. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield and company. I don't care if the sun don't shine. I do my drinking in the evening time when I'm in Las Vegas. I wonder how many people from the NFL had this song playing in the background, right? A little advice from uh, Dino on how to handle Las Vegas. We'll get to how Vegas did. That'll be in the Big Five at 5. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield, talking to JVT in about uh, 10 minutes or so. Gambling Insider on Mondays from VEASAN. So Adam advised me during the break to go on TweetDeck. If you use that app, you can set up columns that'll search for anything. And Adam had me set up a column for Beaver... Tranquilizer. Oh, it's humming along. It is. But it also does look like the reporter that put this out was joking. So we've been gotten. Well, it was an actual reporter put it out. But well, I'm it was, seeing he was joking. Ian Hartitz. Yeah. He was joking? Yeah. Make it clear, brother. I know. PFF? <laughs> yeah. He said uh, tested positive for three separate types of anabolic steroids. And this is what got me. A low-grade beaver right. tranquilizer. Yes. Not, not you know, let's F up a beaver. <laughs> I actually, I bought it because I'm like, I don't oh, know. Why? Maybe it's, like, you hear stuff that women and men take for PEDs and and. Sometimes the masking stuff. Yeah, that's what like, I assumed. What? That's what I assumed it was. Right? It's like yeah. this or the beaver tranquilizer will the, kind of hide the other stuff, the real serious stuff. The downside of seeing reporters tweet things while we're on the air also. Oh, that was a quick reaction. I was like, whoa, what? Yes. Well, it still makes for a good column and lots of uh, awesome. Oh, the jokes are tremendous. Jokes and and you also know every fantasy team out there is going to be named low-grade beaver tranquilizer this year. Can I have it? Sure. I mean, I'm going to use it in other leagues. We can have it in our sure. We've got to, we've got to tone down our, uh, or do we? I was going to say we've got to tone down our names in the one league because the uh, the one guy, his son, I think his son's going to be in the league soon. He's a, he's he's a senior in high school. I know he's 17. It's still early. Can we no, just shield these no, kids from not. from Beaver tranquilizer jokes? No. Can they just be kids, Adam? Without your horrific names. Really? At 17, you were just a kid? You weren't doing I, I was. All, I was very naive. awful things? No, I was very naive. I was, a very, was, I was, was a very young. I was very projectable. And that was pre-internet. I was very Steve. projectable mentally. I still had a lot of upside mentally. I was very naive. For Steve, that was before the internet, so it was like he, he didn't learn anything. Us kids right, in the internet I wasn't age. That, I wasn't that innocent. I think I may have seen a newsstand in New York with the name of a magazine by that name. Did you just so. quote Britney Spears? What just happened? What? I was not, setting up my, not that my my porn mag joke. And, I got it. And then the innocence part. So anyway. Sure. All right. So it looks like it's a hoax. Not a hoax. It was a, it was a joke that somebody posted that mm. really got picked up very widely. And okay. he was kidding. 
Okay, we retract our laughter. No, no. And it's buying still, it. It's still funny. Buying it hook, line, and sinker. Still funny. Um, I, I thought this was a, what a sweet moment. I'll put it that way. Old guy getting a chance to be in front of a big crowd, reminiscing about the old days. Ed Marinaro, who, like, you know, I'm familiar with, was a former Jet, then was a main character. Was he on, on the Hill Street Blues? Hill Street Blues, yeah. He was a big okay. star in the early 80s. So, so he, gets up, he gets up, because uh, they had all these celebrity presenters, right, who were connected to different franchises. He gets up to announce the Vikings pick. This has been chopped down. He got up there, and, like, most people blew right through any sort of intro. Like Barry Sanders, typical Barry Sanders style. You know, Barry Sanders known for acting like he'd been there before when he scored a touchdown. This is, you know, 95 yards, whirling dervish, 85 million moves, right? To get into the end zone, and then he'd get to the end zone and just be like, here you go, sir, to the referee, right? Act like, act like you've been there, right? Ed Marinaro's like, I, I've never seen anything like this. So as a ex-former Minnesota Viking and former head coach at Blue Mountain State, <laughs> come on, we got to have some GOAT fans out there. <laughs> This is right in Charles' wheelhouse. <laughs> Go Goats, baby. Anyway. Is he going to get to the early? We, there you go. Read I, the, I can't read the card. She wants me to read the card. Right. Are we in the early years? <laughs> Let's go, Ed. Here we go, Ed. <laughs> he got the, he's getting the hook. Not, not even any playoff music. Just read no. it. Just read it. <laughs> anyway, with the 42nd pick in the 2020. There you go. Okay, he finally got to it. That was three minutes. And a lady did have to run out and be like, sir, the card, please. The card. The the poor producer lady yeah. who had to just run out and be like, bro, read. It kept, he kept transitioning from like different story to different story. But, but he, he did explain what happened. Did you see this? Yeah, I did. He's like, I don't know. They tell me to say something, you know, creative. Well, he said, he said as he's walking out, like, should I say something funny? Like, yeah, yeah, should go I say ahead. something? And they're like, yeah, well, do it. How? Okay. <laughs> You understand? Have you been watching or paying attention? Like you don't get the answer is you no. don't get eleven minutes on the stage. The answer is no. Okay. He wasn't really watching. He. I thought it was awesome. I will say this: in the backstage area where we were, yeah, everybody just keeps looking. Like, wait, is he? He's he's still. He just wait. He did another transition. Let me be like, wait, he's doing something new now. What is, what is happening out there? And finally, a lady came out. How long would he have gone? Well, another three four minutes. That's the question. Did you look down on the crowd? Do you think the crowd cared? No. Well, yeah, the, yeah. There was definitely like, uh, like some some muttering of like, what, what, what? I think for the majority of the crowd, and we'll get into you know how the whole the draft went down. For the majority of the crowd, I think it was like white noise in the background. There's so much going on during that draft. There was. I I do need to say this. I suck. Okay, explain that on the way back. John okay. Montobel's <laughs> coming up. Talk about the uh, NBA referees, and I assume Adam and JVT have. Dr. Dre, Draymond Green's back for uh, Shaqton a Fool yesterday. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. I don't have an issue with him having a bee. Come on, man. Bees are not a pet. And first of all, Brody. he wants money. Got to make $30 million. Go down to the damn Acme. Or damn <laughs> Acme. Acme is a supermarket in Philly. So country. Go down to Publix over here at damn uh, Asset Park and get some damn honey. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on, man. Bees are not a damn pet. Y'all know where I'm going. Come on, Arnie. Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting. 
with John Von Tobel. Von Tobel. Come on, Arnie. Barkley, very mad. We had some jokes about it. We had some jokes about it with Gobert. John Von Tobel is with us. We was uh, John and I on Friday. John, how you doing? Uh, what's the outcome of B-Gate now with Gobert? Uh, was there supposed to be another outcome other than he got stung well, and he looks like a fool? Uh, the outcome could be that's it. That the Jazz are like enough of this crap. Uh, we're moving well, on. We're moving on. Gobert. That's the ultimate outcome. I I think if you're blowing everything up, which it looks like there's there's definitely a path to, toward that this summer. Um, I think you're getting rid of both of them, not just Rudy Gobert, because you can get a lot of stuff back if you're going to ship off both of them. Um, but I think if you're keeping one or the other. Personally, I'm keeping Gobert mainly because there's more of a chance he sticks with you long term and you can, you know, get a little bit of your investment as opposed to you could ship off Gobert, keep Mitchell, and he still tries to force his way out or leaves in an offseason, whatever it is. So if you're splitting them up, I'd say keep Gobert. But if not, I'd say blow the whole thing up, get rid of them both. But John, small ball. Gobert, small ball. Well, I mean, small ball is a very generic term. There's there's still plenty of teams that play centers that still have plenty of success. I mean, one of them is up right now, 21 to 11 over Philly. Bam Adebayo does a pretty good job. And Utah just a year ago was the best team in the NBA before they blew a series against the Clippers. So it, Gobert definitely still has his place in the NBA. Let's talk about, uh, let's follow up on another conversation we had last week, and that was uh, complaining from a lot of pros and supposed pros in the gambling world who are annoyed, especially with Nevada books for pulling down uh, the draft props so early and actually posting them kind of late. There was like a three-day window. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think the books did well. And I just bring up you know an example from our show. Brad Powers was telling us on Thursday like how many bets he had, over 100. And then um, I think it was like 68 total, and I don't, I don't know what happened with all the rest of the bets, but he was tweeting out that he went 41 and 17. And that that's, again, when it hit me, I'm like, well, this is why the books are kind of afraid of an event that they're – in a lot of cases, on even footing with the players. I mean, it is the but best like players, let's just, the best players, right? Uh, but like, let's just. Uh, by the way, I don't appreciate the shot. I've never, uh, I've never referred to myself as a pro, so don't call me a supposed pro. Um, <laughs> no, but like it, when it comes to Brad, like that's a really good example. But at the same time, you know, you, we've talked. We talked to Brad that day, and I actually we had Brad today on Matt Humans and I did on Vsin. We talked to him again today as well. Um, and if you actually look at the, it's not like Brad's going out there and firing thousands of dollars on plus price props. And those are coming in. The limits are about $500 in a majority of shops. You're laying a price in most instances, right? So even a big day like that, the return in terms of some of the losses, while it's a good return, it's not going to be a staggering loss. You know, one shop out here in Las Vegas, um, I, this was told to me off the air, so I don't know if I want to, but like one of them said that they, they lost the equivalent of a used Kia, whatever that means, right? Uh, there are some that reported it as a somewhat small loss. There are other books like DraftKings reported it as a loss that was nowhere near a small loss. So is it like a significant loss, however they want to phrase that? But regardless, at 364 out of 365 days a year, there these books have the edge over betters. This is the one event in which they are not even footing, as you said. And even still, there are some shops where you're putting up some stuff. There was one book out there for the first overall pick that even have Trayvon Walker as part of the index prop. Didn't have a field, didn't have a field option either. So they took everything on a prop like that, right? If, if you got money on that. So I just think when it comes to the complaining about this, it's the one day out of very, very many and where the books are at a disadvantage. But I do wonder when guys like Brad have really big days. And they, he, I think, was responsible for the uh, South Point pulling their props early because he went in, was betting on the kiosk, and and was beating them up there. I think there's going to be more shops that take the route of the Golden Nugget did this year, which is yeah, we're just not going to hang these. So I'm really curious what happens next year with this kind with this event. 
And you'll see, you know, those books in other states, John, some of the books whose model is really just getting customers to sign up. Like it's yep. not even, they're not even really, they're trying, of course, but they're really just trying to get people to sign up. They will hang them and take the loss just to get people their their money kind of flowing through the app. Uh, Adam, like we talked to Johnny Vela at DraftKings and I told him, so he he told us, yeah, you know, we took a loss on the first day because we took we talked to him on Friday. And I said, I asked him like point blank. I was like, does a result like that deter you from hanging up as many options as you did or not even hanging them next year? Next year? And he goes, absolutely not. He's like, we're going to hang this back up and we're going to get back at it. And Steve, I think you and I talked about this off the air. I don't know if I brought this up on Friday. And this is a whole other thing out here in Nevada because gaming has their fingers on this, right? In terms of taking it off 24 hours before, blah, 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 all that stuff. But I think there's a really strong argument to be made. And Adam, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this too. That if you actually allow books to hang props on days two and three, where there is nowhere near as much information as there is for the first round, which is hyper-analyzed for months on end once the season is over, there's a pretty good chance you're recouping some of that back with some of these wild, you know, you can hang up draft pieces or whatever it is, but it's the Wild West on days two and three, especially day three. There's a really good chance that betters get involved, have no idea what they're betting into, and you're getting some of that money back if you're booking those. Maybe, but my guess would be, without talking to anybody about this, that a day two and three better is almost exclusively a sharp better. I mean, no, I, I would understand that, Adam, but let me ask you this. A sharp better, like following it, to, most of the information, at least when I follow the draft on days two and three, it is as the draft is happening, right? It is not so much, hey, you know, we know that Trayvon Walker moved all the way up to one and, and the odds shifted in the months that led up to it. He eventually went off as the odds on favorite minus 450. When you're talking about like a day three, who the hell knows what the Lions are going to do with the first pick of the fourth round, right? I don't think there's going to be that much information out there that you would get a guy like Trayvon Walker who would go to a minus 450 favorite and you would still have people laying that minus 450, which is where a lot of the liability comes from, right? Because people will know that Walker's going to be the guy and they'll lay 450. They'll lay $4. They'll do all that. With days four, like with day three and day two, I don't think you're going to get that kind of solid information on a draft pick until it starts and by then you take it down. I mean, the only thing I would say is we're, and, and teams don't, it's hard for a team to really leak anything out because they don't know who's going to be available when they pick so that it becomes tough. Uh, but I would say, like, and not to dig too far into the weeds and, and to give out a lot of what happened, but there there was some information around town last week that was acted on very, very strongly by betters mm-hmm. that Kayvon Thibodeau was going to be the number two pick in the draft, right. which came from Kayvon Thibodeau uh, telling everybody he was going to Detroit. And that changed because the Jags took the Jags took Walker instead of Hutchinson, and then the Lions had to take Hutchinson, so they had to renege on Thibodeau to take him number two and like all that was all around town so like there could be itch, itch instances like that where they could get just crushed because they don't take enough money to cover you know in this case that lost and there was a ton of money that came in that lost because that information was wrong like if some of those things are right it's going to be really tough to cover some of those things if they do prove to be correct yeah I mean but that's but again we're talking about a high profile top of the first round selection what I'm saying is on days two and three, that information is not going to be there. And when you pull them before the draft starts, have fun on Twitter trying to find out who the next <laughs> pick is going to be because our props are going to be down. They're already going to be bet into. John Von Tobel is with us. v Monday to Friday, 1 o'clock show. Let's get into the NBA. Uh, first of all, the Sixers series market price against the Heat was all over the place. I took a shot at Sixers plus 310. Embiid could be back. Did I make a bad bet? 
I don't think you made a bad one. Actually, that was going to be the side that I'd rather be on when we talked about this number getting to its peak and the market kind of overreacted, right? And I, I thought it was funny too because I got a couple of tweets like, ah, you know, the, the 76ers, they're done. And my response was, has Embiid been ruled out for the rest of the series? Because the only thing I saw, and this was a couple of days ago when he first got ruled out, was just that no timetable for a return. Uh, that's that's a really vague that's a really vague timetable. And sure enough, we get the report: games one and two not going to be available. Could be back for game three. Depends on concussion protocol, which he needs to be in concussion protocol for a minimum of five days, and whether or not he can play through the orbital and he can play through a mask is what, what everything is. And or excuse me, everything we've heard. And from what we understand with Joel Embiid, the guy was willing to play through a torn ligament in his hand. So I'm assuming that if he's good to go with the orbital, at least he doesn't need surgery, uh, that he he's going to be willing to play through that too, um, given his character, at least what we know about it. So yeah, I, I would agree with you just kind of jumping on the overreaction, Steve. I, I think the market got a little zany. It went from minus 450, then back to like minus 350, 360, where it's at right now. That 450 price was, he's not playing at all which we didn't know. So if you got in around that like around that price range, I would agree with that. And now you're sitting on a pretty good number because it closed in the range of minus 350. Would I be smart to try the Mavs as the dog in the series at, what, plus 240, 250? I kind of think so. I just I like this Mavericks team a lot, and I, I've got a ticket on them at 14-1 to to win the Western Conference. Um, and part of the beginning of 2022, you know, th- this is one of the best teams in the NBA. Top five in offensive and defensive efficiency. Top six in terms of net rating. They've been playing incredible basketball. They have a playoff performer in Doncic. I mean, the Clippers. Good Lord. Do you remember what the Clippers had to do each of the last two years to get rid of that guy? It was incredible what he was doing in the postseason. And I just think if you look at it like realistically, and this is – some people might not like this because this is just numbers-based, but you're going to tell me that the Phoenix Suns are winning that series 75 times out of 100 because I don't think that's the case, but that's what their series price tells you, right? Minus 300 has an implied probability of 75%, and I just think that's too high. So for me, if I was not involved already in Dallas with this Western Conference you know, this Western Conference ticket, it would be a bet on the Dallas Mavericks to win this series. I do have them plus six tonight because, again, playing on the thought that the market's a little too high on Phoenix – but I just think the gap between these two teams is much smaller than the market is giving it credit for. I got 30 seconds left. Uh, Draymond Green getting tossed from the game. BS? Of course. <laughs> I think so. I thought it was a soft win. You only give me 30 seconds on my guy Draymond. Uh, I thought so. But also, I mean, I've never denied Draymond is somewhat uh, difficult. Yes. So the, the baseline jaunt was a little weird. Yes. Adam? It was, it was preposterous, but also like, it looked bad. But then he did try to catch the guy, too. Yeah, but right. he started the action. Right. But, yeah, but come on, that's like not a flagrant two. Yeah, but, then you, but if you follow through and throw him to the ground, sure. But he did. He tried to catch yeah, him. He right. clearly wasn't trying to hurt him. There we go. And correct me if I'm wrong, rules guy, but I think you have to wind up, right? Like, like this part of the flagrant two call. I don't even know what the rules are anymore because somehow yeah. they review 18 million things. And then there's oh. you know four seconds left in the game. The ball goes out of bounds. And the refs stare at each other and like, well, I don't know. I guess it's a jump ball. I don't know. Adam, Trump? I was on the air, and so I don't have any sound, and I'm watching that. I go, oh, it's Adam Brooks. And then all of a sudden, they're doing a jump ball in the middle of the corner. Like, what, what's happening? What, what are we doing? I mean, they got lucky that the Warriors ended up winning, but that's insane. John? Yes. Great job. We appreciate it. We're up against it, buddy. See ya. There he is. VSIN, 1 o'clock, Monday to Friday with uh, our old buddy uh, Matt Humans. It's uh, VSIN, VSIN, VSIN. Adam Hill, Cofield rolling into the 5 o'clock hour. We'll give draft grades to the Raiders Hall. Yep, I'm doing grades. Adam wants to do winners and losers. I'm doing grades, and we'll give Adam's additional losers plus his winners. He actually had winners?